Welcome to the Harmony Church Podcast. For more information on service times, any upcoming events, or joining a life group, please check out our website, harmonychurch.nz. We really hope this week's podcast blesses you. For the next few weeks, we've got this how-to series happening, and really we're going to kick it off tonight with one of my favorite topics of all time. And um, the reason that we're doing this series is really we believe that um, our role as a church is to equip you guys to be the best possible you possible. Can I get an amen? Now, um, the reason we're doing this, I personally believe, is because there has never been a greater need for authentic role models, for people to actually take the time to explain, this is my life, this is who I am, this is what it actually practically looks like to follow Jesus. This is what it looks like practically. There's, there's, some, there's many overarching, ethereal, conceptual ideas to the Christian faith, but really the rubber meets the road when it gets practical. Is that true? So tonight we're, we're going to be talking about um, and dialing in on one of the most important practices in the Christian faith, and it's one of my personal favorites. It is one of the most essential, most talked about things, but also one of the least understood. It's one of the most essential, important, talked about things, but also one of the least understood. Let's, let's go to that slide. That thing is prayer. That thing is prayer. And when I say prayer, most of you have a facial expression similar to Hide the Pain Harold over here. Prayer. Okay, yeah. Now, for the most part, when, when someone calls a prayer meeting, you know, we, we pretend to all, act all excited. Is anyone with me? Can we just be real in this place tonight? Can we just be transparent? When, when, like, when Gideon calls a prayer meeting, he's like, guys, church, we, we are, are going to gather together as a church and we're going to pray. And we, and we go, yeah, yeah. Well, some of us, others go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we pretend to act all excited and we ask, okay, what time's the prayer meeting? What day is it? And Gideon's like, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Okay, Tuesday. What time on Tuesday? Tuesday, 7 p.m. That's a good, that's a good time for a prayer meeting. And, and, and we go, 7 p.m. Praise the Lord, brother. I can't wait. And then it gets around to Tuesday and you don't show up. And you get a call the next day from the guy running the prayer meeting. He hits you up and he goes, you know... Missed you at prayer meeting last night. We put it out to the whole church. Seven people turned up. And you know, seven is the Lord's number. So maybe it was better you guys didn't all show up because it was perfect. And maybe it was actually better that way. But how come you didn't come to the prayer meeting at 7 p.m.? Right? Can you relate to this? This is, this is hitting too close to the bone. Oh! I thought you said 7 a.m. See, if it was 7 a.m., you know I would have been there, man, praying for the nations, praying for the city, praying for the things. Because I got nothing better to do on a Tuesday night, right? But, but, but just, just know, Gideon, I will definitely be there next time. I will definitely be there next time. 
at 7 p.m. I couldn't make it because I was, see, I was walk, see, see, what happened was I was walking my pet dog, and he's got a very stringent walking schedule, and I just didn't want to miss that. So I had to be there. So, but next time I'll be there, right? Little does Gideon know, you don't even have a pet dog. You were just at home watching reruns of The Bachelor. Yeah, I see you. Yeah, calling you out. Now, perhaps the reason that we fail to prioritize prayer, and I'm in that boat too, I've been there. Not watching The Bachelor, I've, I've never done that. But I have swerved the prayer meeting, I'll confess. The, the reason that we fail to prioritize prayer, make room for prayer, practice prayer, I, I think it's because we're actually ignorant of how powerful prayer really is. We don't actually understand. So we're going we're gonna to go through some Bible um, to James 5.16. And I thought we'd look at this in maybe three different translations, just so you get the, the, the fuller idea. So I'm just going to read this out. It says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. All right, let's go to the New Living Translation. Similar, same, same, but different. Confess your sins to each other and for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Hmm, okay, we're on to something here. Let's go for the last one here, the Passion Translation. Amen. All right, let's read this out. Confess and acknowledge how you have offended one another and then for one another to be instantly healed for the tremendous power for tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. Do we, get the, do we get the idea? The first thing that we need to understand about prayer is that prayer is powerful. If you've got your phone tonight, I want you to swipe down from the top, press the airplane button, then open a note and start taking some notes. You can write down, prayer is powerful. Prayer gets results. Prayer is effective. Does, does, anyone, does anyone agree? Now, when I think of prayer, often I think of like some crazy old person. You know, just not Gideon, of course. No, no, never. He's not old. That's, that's where you, you know. Um, just, I, I, I kind of think... <laughs> uh, um, and, and there's, there's a lot of like mysticality to prayer. You know, there's like levels to prayer and we hear about like intercessory prayer and warfare prayer and praise prayer and Wednesday prayer and all sorts of prayer. <laughs> Tuesday prayer, Tuesday night, 7 p.m., be there. Um, don't be watching The Bachelor. Now, we, 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 we see prayer in that way, but really what I wanted to kind of change that for us tonight. We have to know that prayer is cause and effect. It's cause and effect. We have to know how to connect the dots properly. Because why would we practice, why would we do something that doesn't make any difference? Why would we just pray for the sake of it if it's not actually changing anything? It's meaningless. 
Prayer is cause and effect. And I would say this tonight, if your prayer is having no effect, as in you don't see a result, then you're probably not doing it right. You're you're probably not doing it right. You know, Jesus understood this. It records numerous times in the gospel that Jesus would often retreat by himself to go away and pray. What was he praying about? We don't know. We can speculate. There's hints, there's clues. He makes mentions. But what we do know is that his prayers got results. Right? Like, he would walk into a situation and, and almost everything would change. We, we know that when Jesus prayed, when he spoke, things began to change. He would lay his hands on a sick person and say, be healed. And they were healed. He, he, there was one account where he saw a fig tree and it was about the time when fig trees were supposed to bear fruit. And he goes and he speaks and he's like, yo, I want to grab me some figs, man. I'm feeling a bit pickish. He's feeling a bit hangry, right? And so he kneels down to inspect the fig tree and there's nothing on it. He's like, what? Give me that? And so he, he, he basically speaks to it and says, die. That's how you know he must have been hangry, right? Like he, was, he just had a bit of edge to him. And so he, he says, die to the fig tree. The disciples come back 24 hours later and it records that the fig tree is dead to the roots. What does that tell us? It tells us that when Jesus speaks, when Jesus prays, when Jesus, um, when, he, when he communicates, when he says stuff, things begin, begin to change. How many people here want to see things change when you pray? Like for real, for real. Like for real, for real, for real. They want to see things change. So very simply in the remaining time we have, I wanted to give you something which I believe could act as maybe like a framework as a tool. Like I'm a simple guy. But I've also learned that just because something's simple doesn't mean you're dumbing it down. It just means like you've, you've captured the essence of the idea. And, and so tonight I wanted to communicate that to really help you guys is more of like a how-to pray. Like how do you actually do it? What's the approach? I'm not going to tell you what to say. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to share what's worked for me and I hope that's going to help you. Is that cool? All right, why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, you look absolutely ridiculously terrifyingly beautiful. Can we, can we do that? <laughs> Maybe not terrifyingly. That's a bad adjective. That is a bad adjective. Okay, cool. So we're going to go through the word pray, and I've made kind of like an acrostic, like bit of an acronym type thing, because that's just going to help you remember it. And so <clears throat> we're going to start with P. So let's throw that up. P, oh, bro, we've got that wrong. That's so embarrassing. Okay, ignore that. Ignore that. Let's take that down. I haven't prayed enough tonight. P, in the word prayer, actually, let's cancel. Just cancel those slides. It's all good, apart from the scripture. Um, P doesn't stand for prayer, although it does. But P represents the word permit. Permit. Now, I'm not talking about a parking permit or a building permit. I'm talking about the realization that we actually have the ability to give God permission to do something. We, we, got, we, got, we got the authority to give God permission to do something. And, and one of the most life-changing realizations that I've ever had is that 
God can actually do nothing unless he's permitted to do it. We could just wait there for a bit. I'm going to say it again. God can do nothing unless he's permitted to do it. Now, there are sovereign moves of God, but what we see in the scripture is that God always partners with people. He's always partnering with people that are willing. In one sense, God's hands are tired. He's got all the power. Like, he's got biceps for days. But the authority he's delegated to us, right, as his sons and daughters. If you don't believe me, let's go to Genesis 1, right at the start of the Bible. If you don't know where that is, just open the front page, go through the table of contents, and then you're, you're there. So Genesis 1, verses 26 to 28. Let's throw that up. Okay, I'm going to read this, and when it's underlined, let's say it together. Genesis 1, 26, 28. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will, over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply Fill the earth and over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Rain, govern, rule. And so we see this this amazing thing where God actually gives us the responsibility, the personal responsibility to rule, to reign, to lead. And, and so God has given us the authority and he's looking for permission to intervene. In other words, he said, well, I've given to you, I'm not going to take it back, but I'm waiting for you to return it to me. I've given you the authority and I'm looking for the permission. And, and one, one of the most effective ways that I know how to do that is prayer. Prayer is the act of giving God permission to intervene. To intervene. In your life, in your situation, in your circumstance, in your city. All through the Bible, God works in partnership with people so that he can do what he needs to do. You know, Jesus prayed, he said, pray like this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, he's saying, I know it's all good up here. I know in heaven, like it's perfect. The perfect will of God is executed on the daily forever But now my responsibility is to bring that down, create a window of opportunity for you to move. That's what prayer does. And religion has reduced prayer to this powerless, impotent tradition. You know, that we just do. And we'd rather watch The Bachelor than engage in prayer. And that's why we keep swerving those prayer meetings, because we don't know what prayer really is. Prayer is giving God permission. You know, I don't want to make this joke. Should I do it, Joe? Oh, Joe's saying don't do it. <sighs> maybe I'll move on. Oh, maybe I should say it. Now, nah, what the joke was is I was going to, you know. Oh. <laughs> Let's bring it back. 
we, we, we underestimate how powerful prayer is. I don't want to knock the Catholics tonight, but, you know, but there is more to prayer than we think, man. It's not just a religious tradition. Look, what I'm trying to say is prayer is powerful and prayer gives God permission. Prayer is powerful and it gives God permission to intervene in our lives and our circumstances. One of the things I always pray is, God, I give you permission to intervene. I got this situation that's not working out too well and I give you permission to intervene. I release you to intervene. I give you the authority, God, that you can show up and change things around. And honestly, I promise you, I've seen some amazing results. Um, when my, my dad lived in Korea, he, he had Bell's palsy. And he basically looked like a bit of a stroke victim. Um, and oh, I don't know why I'm laughing. Who's laughing at that, man? Shame on you. No. Um, and, and he had this condition. And, man, we just begin to pray and just release and give God permission to move and heal them. And, boom, within, what was it, two weeks, completely healed. Completely healed. I've seen, I've, I've prayed for a guy and legitimately seen his leg grow out. Give God permission. Stop trying to do what he's supposed to do. Give God permission because to permit, to pray is to permit. So P is permit, R is to release. So we permit God to move and then we release. Oh, bro, that is, let's give it up for the tech team. Oh, you guys are actually, that's, that's goat moves. That's goat moves. Greatest of all time moves, sorry. <clears throat> so P is to permit, insert correct answer here. I failed my own test. R is to release. Can we say release? release. So let's go to First Peter 5, 7. And it says, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. You know, the reason I think so many people are anxious and stressed out and just so consumed and so crushed by circumstances because they don't know what it looks like to release it to God. They're, they're like Atlas. They're just trying to like, they got the weight of the world on, like on top of them and they're just getting crushed. To praise, to release your circumstance to God. That wasn't supposed to be funny. Okay, appreciate that. Good feedback. <laughs> so to pray is to release. You know, we, I, I don't know if you're familiar, but we recently, me and my fiance, we got burgled. And uh, you might say, Jared, come on, man, it's not a big deal. Cars get broken into all the time. But it was kind of a big deal because we've been on holiday and, you know, spending a bit of money and finance has kind of been up and down a little bit. And we're saving for a wedding. And, yeah, pretty cool. And it just came at a bad time. It was a bit of a punch to the guts. And what happened was, so a bunch of gear got stolen, Jess's car got stolen, and um, we, her find my iPhone was pinging down the road from her house, and so we're like, oh, we're going to get these dudes, we're going to go around there, get the car back, man of action, let's get it done. Anyway, we're kind of like just walking around the neighborhood, 
where, um, whereabouts the actual phone was pinging on the map. And we couldn't find anything. Like, we spent probably a good couple hours just walking in the neighborhood to spot anything. And we kind of just left it. It was getting dark. And so we're like, ah, let's, let's just go home. So I dropped Jess home. I'm on my way to my house. And I just start praying and releasing it. And I'm like, God, like, I, I give you permission to move here. Like, I, I'm just going to release this situation to you. And I'm just going to trust that you got this thing covered that you're going to help us get this gear back or you're going to provide for us in some way. And, and I honestly can't make this up. Like five minutes later, I get a call from someone who um, is basically presenting like a really exciting business opportunity to me. And I'm like, okay, this thing's working. All right, something's happening here, provision, okay. And then I kid you not, on that phone call, Jess texts me and she's like, the police have just found our car. And then within that week, two other business opportunities come through. Um, the staff generously give me some money, me and Jess some money, which we're so, so thankful for. And we just saw God's hand of provision all the way through. And I just want to say, like, you can call that coincidence, but all I know is this. A bad thing happened. I prayed and released it, and God turned up. Can we give that God some praise? Come on. A bad, a bad, terrible thing happened, and instead of me going, oh, no, I kind of did do that anyway. You know, you're allowed to react emotionally, but just don't stay there. A bad thing happened. I prayed. I released it. God, I release it to you. It's all yours. I'm not going to stress about this. And then all of a sudden, God turned the whole situation around. To pray is to release. We don't need to try and control the situation. We don't need to try and bottle it up. We don't, we don't need to try and do all of it ourselves. You're just going to end up wearing yourself out. But release it to God and he's going to carry it for you. To pray is to release. Thirdly, A. A stands for anticipate. So we've got permit, we've got release, and we've got anticipate. Now, Let's go to that scripture, James 2.26. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. And it's all well and good praying and believing. We have to do that. But I would say that unless your belief produces action, it's actually just wishful thinking. It's just wishful thinking, like, ah, hopefully, you know, maybe, perhaps. To, to anticipate is to act in certainty, knowing that God's going to come through. You know, I preached um, a few weeks ago before Christmas, I preached a message called Moving Without the Ball, if you guys remember that. Now, the whole idea is that, you know, like in the NFL, the wide receiver, his job is literally to run before he ever gets in contact with the ball. He is anticipating that if I juke this dude, roll around, run back here, look back, bam. He's going to throw me the ball. And the whole idea is that if, if, if we really believe that God's going to turn up, then that often requires some sort of step, some sort of action, some sort of follow-through. And often when I pray, I ask God, God, just show me what to do. Like, show me what to do or send someone to me that knows what to do. 
Help me to partner with what you're doing here. And so when we pray, it's important that we don't just stop there, that we actually move into anticipation and take a step, whatever that looks like. It might be a conversation. It might be a meeting. It might be a risk. We move in anticipation. So if the band could come up, that'd be awesome. Oh, someone's calling. And um, finally, why? Let's throw that up. Why stands for yes. 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 Yep. And, you know, I believe that you can tell what kind of relationship a person has with God by how they pray. You can tell, by how, you can tell how someone sees God by how they pray, their posture, their approach. You know, I, I cringe when I, people, I, I hear people pray like, God, if, if you're willing, open the heavens for me. Please, God, 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 if you're willing, like, if you could, 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 you, could you heal this person? Only if you've got time, if you're available, if you can. God, God could, you, could you provide for me? Could you? I'm wondering. There's that, there's that tone of doubt. It's like, maybe he will, maybe he won't. Picking petals off a flower. Maybe God's going to turn up. Maybe he's not. Will he, won't he? Eh, I don't know. And, and, you know, this sometimes gets expressed like really violent prayer. Just like yelling at the top of your lungs like, Jesus! Healing! Provision! As if God's deaf, you know, he's like, he's like, look down. Yeah, I'm right there, bro. You don't need to yell, okay? I'm close. And, and it's as if they're trying to squeeze blood out of a stone. They're like, Jesus, open the heavens for me. And you know what God's response is? He's like, he's like, yeah, I already have. I already did that. And, and, and you know, we think that pleading with God is faith. All that is is just unbelief masquerading as humility. That's all it is. It's just unbelief pretending to be humble. It's false humility. You know, I personally believe it takes more humility to agree with God and to receive what He's already made available because of the cross. That takes humility. God, I can't do this on my own, but I receive. Thank you. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through Him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. That's some good Bible. That will change your life if you allow that to sink deep. No matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. So through him, the amen is spoken by us for his glory, not our glory. If we have to try and work this thing up ourselves, then we get the glory. In essence, every time you ask God for something, he holds up his nail-pierced hand and he points at the cross. 
Jesus, can you heal me? Yes. Jesus, can you provide for me? Yes. Jesus, can you come through for me? Yes. Jesus, can you open the heavens? I already did. Jesus, can you? Yes. Jesus, will you? Yes. I will. I'm willing. I've already done it. When we pray, it's about acknowledging that God has already said yes. We don't come to to prayer around a time of prayer going, oh, I wonder if God's in a good mood today. It's about acknowledging that God has already said yes. Because of Jesus, Romans 8.32, it says, He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for all of us, how will He not also, along with Him, graciously give us all things? When we pray, we're going to know that everything we need to do what God has called us to do, to be who God has called us to be, it's already been given. Everything we need has been pre-approved. Pre-approved. Yes. Can you? Yes. Yes, I can. I did. I have. And it changes the way we pray. It changes the way we see God. So I just want to view tonight, to to pray is firstly to permit. Secondly is to release. God, I release the situation to you. Thirdly, I anticipate. You want me to take a step? I'll do it. Whatever it looks like, I'll do it. Get me in position. What do I need to do? And lastly, we pray knowing that Jesus, because of Jesus, the answer is yes. Yes. 